the bat just walks away. And welcome to the Whovian Review. I am Michael. I'm Shelby. That makes me Colin. And I guess I'm Jay, so hopefully. And today we're going to revisit the Partners in Crime story. Now wait, before we continue with this episode, I must make a quick note that on episode 44 of the Whovian Review, we did Partners in Crime. And that happened to be Shelby's very first episode she was on. Say what? So it is fitting that it is also my last episode that I'm on. What? What? Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Shelby, you need a hush. <laughs> like, You're staying. I thought Here. I were at least going to second of you guys doubting. <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew it was total BS. Total BS. I appreciated it, though. Thank you. You're welcome. Wow. So you've been here for a while. Yeah, it's been, what, like seven and a half years? It's been a while, yes. I didn't check on the I did not check on the episode um, date, but if you all want to look it up, let us know what it is. But at any rate, Partners in Crime is the very first series four episode where we reintroduce Donna. It's supposed to be her first episode, but technically it's not. Okay. But is it a noble episode for her? <laughs> Well, considering the fact that a lot of people didn't really like her in her first episode, the Christmas special, which was... um, People really... The Runaway Bride. Bride. There we go. Runaway Bride. Almost said it uh, simultaneously there. Um, I think uh, the problem with her in the first one was that nobody really knew who she was, and she was kind of annoying. Well, her character was written differently. Well, that was the that was the point, but she met the doctor, and of course, the doctor changes her. Right? Yes. Yeah, so, 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 like, like I mean, like, so it's not really like I think more than anything, it was the way that she was written for that episode. Which you're right was was worked out well. I mean, I don't think it was an intentional right layover. Like that was supposed to be a one off, right? I, I believe it was originally intended to be, but they loved Catherine Tate and David Tennant so much because they both have extreme amounts of chemistry with oh each other. Oh, my God, and how much chemistry they had in this episode, too. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's just one of those things where when I first knew that Donna Noble was coming back as the companion, I just was like, oh, no, you've got to be kidding. This is going to be the worst series of all time. Uh, boy, was I mistaken. And it shows off. It shows up in this first episode. Yeah, oh. very quickly in that iconic scene, you know, where, where they're meeting for the first time without talking and having a whole conversation just with mouths, mouths, and uh, you know, nonverbals going on. Oh my god, so funny! Comedic genius, fantastic. And then in the then in the middle of it, or actually at the end of it, it just like pans to you know the evil villain of the story just watching it the whole time. It's like, Ms. are Foster. we are we interrupting you? 
Which is, a, which is, of course, is humorous because they weren't even talking. Yeah, I mean, it's like, okay, we're trying to, like, almost kill this person, and you guys are just going to talk? Come on. I thought it was cute. I, I thought it was one of the funniest things to happen to Dr. Who. Really? Definitely. It was definitely... I don't know about the funniest. I don't know it was, it was a great either. scene. It was a good scene. I said one of the funniest. It's humorous. Fantastic. So, um, speaking of Miss Foster, uh, Michael and I were actually having a bit of a debate while watching this episode. Do we think that she was a human or an alien? Because I felt pretty confident that she was an alien, and Michael felt pretty confident she was a human. I was thinking human. I was thinking alien. Why were you thinking human? No, I, actually human, sorry. I just wanted to say human. Well, I got that. Um, but why were you thinking human or human? I, I'm not sure why it was because she looks pretty humany, but so then, a lot course, of people in doctors. Right, that's why I'm wrong. It's she was an alien. That's doctor. what I was thinking too. I just you know that came I mean, out of my mouth. She claims to be an alien, so she claims that she's not from Earth. So I'm guessing that it would make sense that she should be an alien. It's just that she was very quick to take over this one company. Well, I mean, it probably is part of, like, she might be, like, a shapeshifter or something that just kind of can, like, look like whatever planet she's visiting so she can best foster I mean, who knows? There's a lot of alien species that look pretty human Yeah, that's true. Um, but, but then also, we've it's not really unprecedented in Doctor Who for aliens to swoop in and take over massive companies pretty quickly. Yeah, good point. It almost seems quite par for the course. But the big question is, where is she from? What planet? And why are the Adipos using her as a nanny? I'm pretty sure she said what planet, but she said it very quickly and I didn't catch it. Well, I think it's because she's disposable and confident enough. I feel like, like, what is this David Tennant? I feel like if the Adipos had to come back for a doctor, it would probably be like a 13th Doctor episode. And I'd kind of be living for it. They're iconic, you know. It does seem like that that one CEO guy would be like, I totally agree with you. I think they're stupid. They kind of are embarrassing. I've warmed up for them over time, honestly. But my first impression when I first watched this, like, oh my gosh, like, they're dumb. See, here's the thing, though, is that I just gotta say, like, if it weren't for the evil plot that was you know, overshadowing it. I felt like I I would, you know, if it was a controlled thing where I could have full control over it, I would sign up for that. I'd be like, yes, you can make X number of adipose out out of my fat and then, you know, we'll have this symbiotic transaction and then we'll both go on our merry way. You have little babies, I have less fat, it all works out. What if there's like an alternative universe in which that was the arrangement? That would be awesome. You just have to be open about it. Like, I feel like Knowing how stupid the human race is, we'd be like, all right, have your alien babies if it means that I get to be in, like, Time Magazine. Well, if you're really that, like, that, you know, strong about it, you could always get some tapeworms. I don't think they're, they're too hard to find. That's an actual thing, and that's concerning. Oh, um, no, that's terrifying, man. It is. <laughs> it is. It is, but... The idea of adipose is fairly terrifying, too, especially, you know, from what we know, know about them, and maybe a flip of the switch, there goes all of you. What if it was literally just a knock on the whole, like tapeworm situation. That's how the adipose idea Yeah, in some are. ways, you know. I think adipose actually, like, the word means fat. Um, yeah, I believe you're right. That would be something to look up. <laughs> Sorry. I think it's I true. didn't need to interject that there. No, it's a good, it's a good fun fact. <laughs> I would have to look it up. I don't think we need to do it, go there. Yeah. What did we think of the adipose? I think that they were super cute and very realistic, and that if I had to imagine a body of fat, that that's exactly what that would look like. 
Except for this, why did they have, like, one tooth? Because they're babies, <laughs> Shelby. I mean, like, as opposed to no teeth. Do babies have one tooth often? Well, it's an alien baby. Sometimes they're born straight out the womb looking like a Zygon or some crazy, <laughs> like, sass, I don't know, dinosaur out the womb. I don't know. That it's was a baby that has a tooth. Yeah, they just roll out of people's stomachs, you know, one day and flop on the floor. Yeah, how did they do that? How did they, like, exit the stomach? I think they take some of the skin with them because if you think about it, they, they can convert anything part of the, yeah, part of the body. Yeah, I think it also manipulates their cell replication, too. So it could be just, like, a giant wound coming out of your body, but just as fast as it comes out, it heals itself. That's what, that's what I was able to imagine. Yeah, but it can't be, like, that painful or people would have woken up. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was clearly just more uncomfortable and scary upon seeing it and being like, what is my body doing right now? <laughs> um, you know, like, it can't be, like, like really painful. Yeah, if something came off of my body and then started waving at me, I'd probably have to think twice about what I was drinking that day. <laughs> right. I mean, how strange is that, too, that, like, kind of ingrained across cultures in the universe, there's just hello, waving action, you know? <laughs> it's not even socially, ingr- you know, created, but, hey, you know, but in the DNA, coming right off a person, into creation, you're waving. The last thing I want to see when I die is just an out of breath waving at me as I get, like, thrown into the ground. Well, no, that means I'd be very alive. Not into yeah. that. I could think of a few worse things, but, you know, it's, okay, not, yeah. a, it's not a very comforting way to go. Yeah, no, no, no. Anyways. Um, since this is the first episode of a, of a series it ha- and we are reintroducing Donna, I think one of the kind of typical go-tos for Doctor Who is that they start off with something that has humor in it um, because that usually draws in the, the audience and wants them to know more what's going on. Um, and I was going to ask you if you thought there was too much humor or if you thought there was just enough. I mean, Catherine Tate is a comedian. It's a super silly episode. Like, you can't go that serious with it. So the best way to kind of make it work is to just make it obscenely weird and not serious at all. I I thought it was very funny. It had me rolling in some places. And I think that that was the right move for this. I think that they did it well, that it wasn't, like, so goofy that it made no sense. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, it didn't take itself too seriously. Like, to Jace's point, if it had, it would... Be much, yeah. been much worse. I mean, sometimes it just does, you know, sometimes seem like it's overly serious for the situation a lot of times in Doctor Who. Yeah, like sometimes. Or at least just like some of the creatures that come on, you know, like literal rhinoceroses more more or less coming to <laughs> p- police the world. The top, like, oh, 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 it's, it's, it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I, think, I think for this episode, it has a simple enough plot and one that is actually a decent plot, so that way it doesn't detract from the other parts that are humorous and the other side stories that are going on. Because, I mean, you also have uh, Donna's family. Now, you've got Sarah Noble, her mother, and you've got Wilfred. Sylvia. Or Sylvia. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. Um, and you've got uh, Wilfred, her grandfather, which um, are vastly different people. Oh, my goodness. They're <laughs> you've got the, the nagging mother and the absolutely joyful and thrilling... Um, Wilfred. Yeah, you know, and interestingly, we've seen both of them before briefly, but in different episodes from each other. 
True. Uh, we see Sylvia at uh, Donna's wedding, mm-hmm. and then uh, we don't see Wilfred there. There's no. some other old guy. Um, it was it was actually Donna's father, and actually I was going to talk about oh. that. Oh, oh sorry. Ahead. And I was just going to say, and then we saw Wilfred at, in Voyage of the Dam, which uh, Donna actually references like, that one clearly wasn't real, but the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was interesting because originally um, Wilfred wasn't going to be in this episode and he was not going to be in this season um, because they actually had Howard Atfield, who played Donna's father, do all the same lines and the whole, all the same scenes. And they actually have it as a, uh, an extra on the DVDs that I have. Um, sadly, um, he passed away not too long after doing these exact scenes oh, wow. right after this episode. Um, so they could not use him for the rest of the season. So they had to bring in someone else that could actually return and be part of um, the future of episodes because they were going to use him again because obviously in the past you've had Martha's family and you've had Rose's family and they all kind of were one unit. They wanted to do the same thing in this regard. So they brought Wilfred back as Donna's grandfather, which was ingenious. And I think, um, and, and no offense to the actor who played her father who was a very decent actor but i think wilfred his gleefulness and his absolute joy is contagious and i think he was like he just like oh so much love he was expressing for his granddaughter when she found the doctor he was just so genuinely like thrilled like it was the best thing that had ever happened to him in his life and it just he was it was brilliant he was just so lovable yeah, that's the kind of thing I like to see more of, you know, like just the TARDIS coming through, like, ah, oh, let me show this off to my granddad, make him smile. That's such a heartwarming moment. I love that. It was so sweet. It almost had me in tears. Like, he was so happy that Don. Oh, you were straight him. up in tears. Listen, if you read me out of all these people like this, we're going to have some issues. <laughs> but yeah, it was so sweet. I wish I had more moments like Doctor Who, like, in Doctor Who, like that regularly, but then it would just be just me in tears all the time. I don't want that. Sometimes I just want something stupid and fun. This was bad. I hear that. It was. Which is yeah. why I enjoy it so much. It wasn't trying to be something it was not. Yeah. Which is something, a trap, or is a trap that Doctor Who t- tends to fall into a lot. Just know what you are and accept it. And you'll be a great episode. Yeah, for sure. There were also a few little hidden gems in this one. We've got uh, the cab that comes to pick up that girl that Donna is uh, investigating. Uh, it's got a little Atmos sticker on it. And then at <laughs> the end, uh, we see Rose, or someone who appears to be Rose. Yeah, ends up fading off a ghost like Phasey Rose. A ghost Rose that, uh, understood that, that like, Donna's like. Just show up and disappear. Like, are you a ghost now? Because we established ghosts are real. It's Doctor Who thing, you know. Do they ever explain it, though? Or is that just, like... That's something we have to keep watching the series to find out. But, I mean, it's not... I mean, it is kind of odd. (coughs) Yes. Because, I mean, you've got... Yeah, I saw the little... How do you have Rose as, like, a little screenshot for, like, a later on episode? That just gives it away. Possibly, but the whole point was is that we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how Rose was even there, if she was there. So it's right. it's more just she's silent. She didn't say anything to Donna. Donna did all the talking. 
So what <laughs> Zygon. Zygon. Oh, <laughs> you think it's a Zygon? Oh boy. There's a lot of possibilities out there in Doctor Who. Let's do a let's do a spin-off where we actually create like the actual episode based off of a Zygon plot line. Yeah, I mean so, honestly, uh, how can we be sure that just about all Doctor Who plot lines aren't really Zygon-oriented plot lines. <laughs> I can just imagine at the end of Doctor Who, like at the very, very end, they're just like, listen, this is all fake the entire time. Sorry. Yeah, or it's real, but we're all Zygons. <laughs> Except for the Doctor, that would be a little bit odd. For no, me. I feel like that would be an icing on the cake. Yeah, I mean, or if only the Doctor was a Zygon, sometimes he gets bored with his appearance and fakes his own death. And yeah, or maybe he could be like some sort of own category, like <laughs> yeah. a timeless Zygon that, you know, somehow inspired the whole species. Why have a Dalek mixed with a Time Lord? You can have a Zygon mixed with a Doctor. I feel like that's why Doctor Who It's the only logical explanation. Well, it does explain all his incarnations. Yeah. What are your Doctor Who conspiracies? <laughs> right into Email us, us at the Who interview. Talk to us on Instagram. What are your Doctor Who conspiracy theories? Mine is that... Sorry, I have nothing. Kelsey's is that the TARDIS is a Cyberman. Yeah, I actually that. love that. <laughs> I love that so much. It makes sense. No, I don't, I'm not kidding. Why don't you let me have my imagination, Shelby? <laughs> Just let me have it. Just that one time. Um, any rate. <laughs> we should probably rate this For at this point. Any rate? Or should we do accurate ratings? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I see why you married him. Yeah. Isn't he, isn't he a Joe? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, I, I suppose I, I will be a rate. I, I will rate her. I, I can't just be any rater. I'll be my own rating. And hopefully it'll be a good one, an accurate one. I have some mixed feelings about this episode. I think in a lot of ways it's iconic. Brings in Donna, um, you know, really more fully-fledged into a a great, right-off-the-bat spark of chemistry between characters that already are ruling out, you know, romantic intentions. Which, you know, as a fan, I I find very promising um, because it it can really stick towards some better plot lines and, and great character development that doesn't have to be, you know romantically inclined um so there's a lot of great things this sets up i I think you know the adipose as i said before they've grown on me over time but the first time i saw this i was like oh i feel embarrassed to be such a a doctor who fan for like what's happening here you know crawling out (laughs) over these people like what what a thing um but it's good it's it's a plot line that holds up i like um the villain and kind of the the mixed motives and she gets her just desserts as in the end as well um, and, and as a fun fact check, adipose tissue is commonly known as body fat. Hence, I think the derivative for adipose in this, in this story. Um, but this was a fun romp. It was silly, you know, not so serious. It, it got you excited for, I think, a, another season of Dr. Who. Um, for me, this is going to get a seven and a half out of ten. Wow. So something that Colin brought up that I didn't really think about was um, some of my favorite Doctor Who and companion relationships are relationships where there is no romantic like tensions or anything and I really didn't get that with Donna that could have been something that bothered me a lot with Martha as we all know where I stand on Martha and I haven't really been a big fan of Rose and Bill is probably one of my favorite companions of Doctor Who of all time it's just two kids having fun and there's no like strings attached or anything extra with it it's just pure adventurous fun 
And that's something I've just grown to absolutely love in, like, the Hooniverse, a word I learned today that I didn't know earlier for some reason. Anyways, um, yeah, so I really liked that this episode didn't pretend to be something it wasn't. Like, yes, I really love those episodes of Doctor Who where there is a more deeper plot line, things are more considered, and, you know, some immense character development happens, and it changes the course of Doctor Who history, blah, 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 blah. But if I were to sit down and just want to watch, like, an episode of Doctor Who just to watch an episode of Doctor Who, this one isn't disappointing. Sure, it was extraordinarily stupid, but it was... (laughs) done it was done well it was enjoyable it wasn't so far-fetched that it was just like ugh. but yeah I admit with Colin like watching this the first time I would I was definitely like what am I watching I this is stupid but as you grow with Doctor Who you kind of appreciate like the lesser intense episodes just because they're just fun and that's what the doctor is about just having fun so I thought it was super lighthearted, a great way to start Donna's um, timeline as, you know, it kind of showed her as just being a very strong, independent, curious character, not just someone who's, like, in love with the doctor or wants him to, like, take her by her hand. Like, Donna knows her stuff. Like, she's a pretty strong character, which I absolutely love. I don't feel like the whole D'Angelo and the stress thing with her. So I respect Donna. The Doctor is growing because of Martha. I'll probably give this episode an 8 because it was just so fun and not too, you know, hectic. It was just, I'm going to do something fun and leave it at that. And I appreciate that. Just something simple and easy. I will also rate it an 8. And here's why. Um, I thought that this (laughs) one was... uh, by the way, for those of you who don't know, I, uh, I I did my rating that way because that's how I rated it the first time. <laughs> this one, I've just announced my rating. I didn't realize we were supposed to talk more because I was like, didn't we just spend half an hour talking about why we we're about to rate the episode the way we rate it? Why do we have to talk more about it? I don't understand the concept. I, I still don't really, but you know. <laughs> Well, in case you have, like, uh, anything extra that you Yeah, an extra summation. I mean, I, I get a little extra with it, I know. Uh... <laughs> You're extra at everything, honey. Oh, wow. I guess the competition. I love that. Bring it. (laughs) Um, Anyhow, so I I thought that I found this very enjoyable. Just, like, sit down and watch it was fun. And I want to say that this was, like, really good... Um, for like a for, like a companion's first story, but also Donna has like an unfair advantage there because it's kind of her second story. So I can't. I feel like I can't really give that. But um, I thought all the characters really, um, you know, really fun. Or the main characters, I thought I were all very great. We had great chemistry between Doctor and Donna. We had yes, right away establishing we're not going to do the romance thing between these two. And uh, you know the Wilfred and Sylvia relationship. It was all came through clearly and strongly and was interesting. And uh, they didn't waste time in it. And actually, I didn't. I mean. I, it was definitely a silly episode, but I didn't think that the plot was, like, as out there as a lot of other plots in Doctor Who, to be honest. I, I, I thought that this one was, you know, you know, definitely an interesting, unique idea, um, but, you know, not, like, insane <laughs> type, <laughs> type of thing either. Um, so, yeah, so, Nate. 
One thing I love is that Murray Gold, who does the music for this particular episode, has fun too. You can tell that this was supposed to be one of those kind of sloth episodes where they didn't really... It didn't really matter too much about all the the drama. They wanted to just have fun and enjoy themselves. Um, He plays with the the Doctor's theme quite a bit with different instruments throughout the entire piece. And that just kind of shows how this relationship between Donna and the Doctor is forming and whatnot. I know we've already mentioned the fact that this isn't Donna's first episode, but I think that her characterization is so vastly different. It is almost a true introduction to the Donna that we're going to know for this season. Um, With that said, um, the plot was, again, pretty solid, um, although a little bit hokey, as I think a lot of people would have said. Um, And, I mean, I, I don't think it's... The, it's not my all-time favorite opening episode for a season, but it's it's pretty good. So I'd give this a 7 out of 10. All right. Uh, talk to you guys next week. Yeah, I guess so. Later, dudes. Bye. Au revoir.